Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro on this Tuesday, a cold one in South Philadelphia at the NovaCare Complex. The Eagles now in prime time this week, Saturday night, as the Dallas Cowboys visit Lincoln Financial Field. And by the way, here's kind of a cool little note as we kind of look at just around the team picture. Uh, Jay Ajayi, the honorary captain. We'll hear from him later in the week. Jay Ajayi, of course, a big part of that Super Bowl 52 winning team. So we'll talk to him later in the week about his return to Philadelphia and his time here as an Eagle. But what we want to talk about today is this 2021 Philadelphia Eagles team, which, of course, on Sunday clinched a playoff spot. A combination of the Eagles defeating the Washington football team, San Francisco with a big win against the Houston Texans, and then on Sunday night, the Green Bay Packers taking care of business and turning away the Minnesota Vikings, and that clinched another playoff appearance for the Philadelphia Eagles under Jeffrey Lurie. What a run of success since he purchased the team really in 1994 and took over control that year, 1995 as well. Rich Kotite. Oh boy, do I remember those days. A 7-2 record for Richie in that 94 season and then seven straight losses and Jeffrey Lurie making the change to Ray Rhodes as the head coach. And he's had an incredible run of success with his head coach selections. The latest, Nick Sirianni who makes the postseason in his first year as a head coach here, his first year as a head coach anywhere. We're going to talk to Nick in just a moment here. Um, but yeah, Eagles really turning the season around from 2-5. and five, A decision to revamp the offensive approach and rely more on the strength of the offense, which is the offensive line. So the Eagles running the football all the way to the playoffs. Now they've got the Dallas Cowboys on Saturday night. Sirianni's saying on Monday that he's undecided how he'll play it. Uh, We'll find out. There are 12 Eagles, including several key starters, who were placed on the reserve COVID-19 list this week. Does not appear to be anything to worry about. This is happening around the league. And if there was ever a week for this to happen, this is probably the right time. You just want to make sure that there's not a rampant spread among the team heading into the playoffs. The playoff opponent, the date, the time still to be determined. We've got history in the making this weekend. Weekend 18, week 18 of the NFL season. The first 17-game schedule in the history of the National Football League. All right, let's get to it in this podcast. I've got a couple of great interviews with you. I mentioned Nick, and we'll get to him in just a bit, our weekly one-on-one with the head coach. But I'd like to start with a really special interview that I was able to have last week with offensive line coach and run game coordinator Jeff Stoutland, the mastermind behind an offensive line that just keeps doing it and doing it and doing it. And despite some injuries again this year, the offensive line is as good as any in the league. And the Eagles have built the offense around what this line does. So what is the strength of this group? And how about some of the players that you might not know a whole lot about? I cover a lot of ground here with offensive line coach and run game coordinator Jeff Stoutland, an exclusive one-on-one interview. 
Glad to be joined now by offensive line coach, run game coordinator Jeff Stoutland. Happy New Year to you, Jeff. And I'd like to start with a little bit of perspective, if we could. Um, 2020 season, all those injuries, all those line combinations. I remember writing, there's got to be a silver lining here. Did you feel that then? Do you feel that now that all those young players were able to get some really valuable reps? Yeah, I've, I always believe that playtime is, it's, it's easy. You know, you could say, oh, we're practicing, getting reps in practice. And that also is very important. But to, to actually be out there in game time when things are flying around, the speed of the game is so much faster. Um, the experience that a young player can 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 uh, capture there uh, is is like a bar of gold, and so I think that helps some of these guys now that are that have been in games like Sua Opeta and Nate Herbig. Um, that that play time they had last year was um, very valuable. Jeff, how would you characterize, or how do you characterize the performance of your line this season? Well, I think there's room for improvement. Um, I think that they've done a nice job. And I, I, most importantly, I really believe that if every day, each week, the player can get that much better, and you stack those days and those weeks on top of each other, um, collectively as a group, I think you're going to see some really great things. Um, and I think that, you know, I not... <laughs> I can't tell you right now, I could not look you in the eye and say, hey, there's only this player or that, you know, player, you know, hasn't really developed the way, not that I would say that to you anyway, but <laughs> there's not a guy that I would say that hasn't developed. Some are are, are, in, are developing at a faster rate than others, but um, all, the, all the players, I, I believe, are getting better. Um, they're understanding the concepts. They're understanding the technique and the details. And we are relentless about uh, uh, talking about these things in our meetings, and you see signs of it. So, Jeff, Jeff, what is the correlation between what your offensive line is and the way you design the run game? For example, because you have an athletic group, you can run these kinds of plays. Is that, is that kind of the way you do it? Is that the way it meshes? I think there's a combination, David. I think it goes, a part, part of it is, um, what is the group? Uh, what is the group uh, strength? What is the strength of the group? Okay, how well does the group move? How well does the group change of change the direction? Um, are there are there uh, do we have the ability to pull and and find the second level defender, or is that something that's maybe not as uh, easily done? Um, I also think that. Between that and the style of defense we're facing, okay, will 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 alter or dictate the scheme that we're going to use for that particular game. So I believe that's very important. I believe there are schemes that are better or more conducive for certain types of defensive structures. So what then is, as you see it, the strength of your offensive line? I think they move well. I think the offensive line moves very well. I think they can get, we can get out in space. Uh, I say, I had a chance to see uh, Jason Kelsey. Uh, as you know, he's just incredible out in space. Lane Johnson, incredible out in space. I think Jordan Malata, uh, um, you know, gave you an example of his ability for a big man in the Atlanta game when he ran out there and made that incredible block. So I, I think we're pretty good in space. I think that 
Um, getting to the second level in some of the run game, that's not an easy thing to work on unless it's full speed. So um, that's something I, I think our guys are great out. I think they're good out in space. And I think that um, the other thing I really like is the understanding of how to surface blocks, you know, double team blocks. I think they're really good at that. I think we put a lot of time into uh, talking about that. We do a lot of drill work on that. So I would say that's the strength of our group. Jeff, I wondered if we can get into some of the particulars, some of the individuals. Lane Johnson comes back after a three-game absence. He's been just terrific. What has it meant to the line? What has it meant to the offense to have Lane playing so well? Well, it's the confidence of the quarterback. I mean, when you block the edges like we, you know, Jordan and him, now now you feel like you're not constantly under, under duress. You have uh, an elite player that's going to block the best of the best in the league on the edge. And that's what Lane does. 2018 NFL Draft, round seven. Jordan Mailata is the pick. Eagles put a lot of time and investment into researching Jordan uh, and I know you've talked a lot about him, but what did you see then? And what have you seen year to year? And what are you seeing right now from the big guy? Well, I haven't talked a lot about him. I, I prefer just coaching him and, 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 and developing the player. I get asked a lot of questions about Jordan Malata. Now, he's an unusual player. So obviously people want to know about a, a big guy from Australia that never played football. That's an interesting story. So you get asked a lot of questions about it. But to be honest with you, Jordan Mulata, to me, I mean, I keep talking to him about this, number one. Eliminate all distractions. Too many distractions. You're not going to be able to focus on the little things. I was told this as a young player, and I took it to heart. Take care of the little things, and the big things will take care of themselves. It's very difficult to take care of all these little things that we're teaching if you're, wondering, if you're, if you're doing all this other stuff. And so that's one of the first things I, I speak to him about. Um, there's, there's room for growth. He's a young player. Um, he's got tremendous, uh, ability to, uh, move. He's enormous. So trying to get around him for you, for you to get around him, he kind of has to make a mistake. He has to make a mistake. So, you know, this is the part, part of the game in terms of protection, you know, balance and body control and not putting yourself in, in harm's way in terms of your set line what you're looking at. There's so many little things that he has to learn and he is learning, but I call, you know, 10,000 kicks, man, until you get 10,000 kicks in, it's not going to be perfected. Okay. So we're working toward perfection there. Next to him has been Landon Dickerson, who, uh, look, he didn't play in the spring. He didn't get on the field in training camp. All of a sudden he's in the lineup and he's playing very well. How did this happen? Well, um, in terms of uh, it just sometimes, you know, you got a guy like this who you draft. Um, he's coming off an injury. He's rehab rehabilitating. And all of a sudden uh, something happens up front. And now you're and you're like, oh, boy, uh, this was a little sooner than we thought. Maybe um, I think he's done an, a really good job. I, I He's one of the players that I would say to you straight up every single week. That little finger thing I did. That's him. He gets better every week on something. You mentioned Nate Herbig earlier, Stout, and he's bounced around a little bit here. The guard position has played a little center, seems to be settling in at right guard. Is he also one of those players who's gotten better and better incrementally? Yes, he has. And um, consistency is the key. I talk to Nate about this all the time. 
uh, consistency. Uh, we need to continue that. That's got to happen each and every week with no, with no uh, fallbacks. And where Nate's, Nate comes in, and you see him in the game a lot, he communicates extremely well to players around him. He's got the natural center, like that center's mentality where they want to be in control of things. They want to be able to put people in the right spots. Um, Nate's got that in his bloodstream. So uh, we appreciate that up front. Not only we have Jason Kelsey obviously doing all that, but there's another guy, another seeing eye dog. Isaac was that way. Um, and I think that Nate is exceptional when it comes to that. There have been other players who've stepped up. Andre Dillard, Sua Opeta, who you mentioned, Jack Driscoll before he was injured. Isaac, of course. There's been depth built here. Stout, how do you feel about, you know, one through 10, 11 in your room this year that you've been able to build the kind of depth that other teams just don't have? It starts in the OTAs and starts in the offseason. And the first meeting that we have, and you can ask any of the players this question, because and they'll tell you this. The first meeting we have, I tell them, I say, look, you might not feel this way right now, but I know, I absolutely know, as the time goes on, as we get into this preseason and we get into the season, as time goes on, each and every one of you are going to have an opportunity to get on that field and to show everybody around here what your value is to the organization. And they're looking at me, and I say, and then I start showing some clips of guys playing. Okay, like the Nate Herbigs, like the Sue Opetas, the undrafted guys that had a chance to, to get on the field. And these are some of the guys that we did not draft that just got here. And they're like, oh, he's not lying. This is proof in the pudding. And so it all starts back then. Okay, and so the sense of urgency, um, all the little things that we do, and we try to maximize every minute that we're here. And it's like that every day. It's like a, it's consistent when it comes to that. And so I think that. That's the culture that's going on, and everybody knows it. And we got great we got great veteran players that kind of create that culture for the young players. And so they're more ready when time comes. When these kind of things happen, it's not like it's a surprise. It's already been talked about way back when, and it keeps being brought up constantly. So guys have, you know, and if you can, if you can establish that mindset, like I say to a player, David, I say, look, I say, David, you might not – feel like you're a third-team player, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go about every single week like you're the starter. I want you to prepare yourself in the installation meetings and take notes as though you're the starting left tackle. I want you to put yourself in this illusion that you are the starting left tackle, and I want you to go about the week that way, okay? And then at the end of the week, you're not the starting left tackle because— you know, Malata is, but at least you went through the whole process with that mindset. And then we do it again the next week and we start over. And players are doing that. And they're ready when their number is called, Absolutely. obviously. Uh, Lera- I'm going to go deep here. LaRaven Clark, interesting name to me. He comes to the Eagles after an injury last year. You've worked with him this season. Now the team signs him through 2022. I'm not sure fans know anything about LaRaven. What do you see from him? Well, exactly what we just, what I just talked about. If you looked in LaRaven, uh, if you looked in LaRaven Clark's uh, notebook, you would see the most detailed notes. He's got books of notes. He writes every little thing down, and then he studies it when he goes home. Now he goes home. He's got a family. He's got his young children and all. But this guy knows he's accountable to his teammates now. Any organization, when he's called on, he'll be ready. I promise. Love to see. It. I'm going to stay the best for last year, Stout. The one player I really didn't ask about here. Jason Kelsey, 
Um, can you just kind of put in perspective what he's meant for you, for this offensive line, for this football team, for this city, for his teammates? Well, the first thing that, you know, everyone thinks they know Jason Kelsey, and they and they do. They know. they, But honestly, and I know, I, I know Jason like the back of my hand. We're very, very close. He's almost a little awkward when, when everyone's talking Jason Kelsey. And it's, it's like, I just want to do my job. I just want to help the organization. I just want to help the players around me. He doesn't seek in it. He's not seeking all this. It almost feels awkward at times for him. I, I could see it. And he's just the epitome of, of, of a team player. He, he does so much for his teammates. And honestly, I think that's what drives him to want to play for so long. And last one, Stout. Um, as the Eagles have run the football so well here, pass blocking has been strong. Do you kind of sit back there on the sidelines, and, and I know you're looking for the, the perfection, but do you sit back there after you run for 238 or whatever and go, hey, this group is physical as I wanted them to be. They're communicating as I want them to be. I really love the way this group is playing football. Honestly, if you ask the players, there's some meetings I kind of get, I get like, there's some, we leave, we leave a lot out there. I'm being honest. You say, oh, well, you rush for, I'm telling you, we leave a lot out there at times and, and it can be better. It can be better. And that's what we strive to do. We strive to be better. And, and uh, I get it. I, I, at the end of the year, maybe I'll look back and I go through the install, I go through um, quality control and we start looking through some things, but believe me, there's some things we can do better. Striving for perfection. Jeff Stoutland, thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate it so much and continued good luck with the Philadelphia Eagles offense and the offensive line. Thank you, David, and Happy New Year, and Happy New Year to everybody out there. Thanks very much to Jeff for his time, and uh, keep up the great work. Wow. You know, position coaches, so very important in the NFL. Incredibly important. And the offensive line, as we've learned through the years, if you're old enough to remember the Eagles prior to the selection of Trey Thomas, in the 1998 draft, it was so hard to put together an offensive line. Now, the Eagles are deep, they are committed, and they are in great shape now and moving forward. Okay, let's get to it. Head coach Nick Sirianni, our weekly one-on-one, the Eagles 9-7, and seven, heading to the playoffs. What is this week all about? And a whole lot more with Nick Sirianni. Happy New Year, everybody. We welcome you to our weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Of the playoff-bound Philadelphia Eagles, I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Coach, let's start with that. How does it feel to hear and feel and know that you are heading to the playoffs? The the fans, of course, are dancing in the streets and happy and excited about what's ahead. How does the head coach take the news? Sure, we're excited. Um, You know, you're always excited. I think that's always a goal at the beginning of the year is that you you continue your season past the 17 games that you're going to play. And so we're very excited about that, but uh, not getting ahead of ourselves. And, you know, last night, like I, like I said to the players yesterday, hey, be a fan tonight. Root for what we need. You know, we took care of our business. Root for the things that we want to happen tonight. But then, you know, when tomorrow hits, we correct the tape and we start to prepare for Dallas. And that's where we are right now. Did you allow yourself when you came into the Novacare complex on Monday at all? Hugs, high fives, any sort of just kind of, hey, you know, guys, we, we accomplished something here. Yeah, we yeah. I mean, sure. We we, uh, we of course we we were excited. I, mean, I think a lot of that happened last night. We were all on texting back and forth with each other. 
Um, so we got our virtual high five and hugs and <laughs> high steps and whatever else. Uh, but we, yeah, we were excited last night. And like I said, though, um, you know, we all know the what what the you know the job description and what we need to do next, and, and that's just stay focused on you know every little bit um, you know in this long season and uh, and get ready to go for this week and not look too far ahead and not look too far behind. Just correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I remember talking to you early in the season and you said that you were somebody you, you beat yourself up after a loss, a tough game, a tough outing. I wonder, after reaching the postseason, did you just in private raise a glass and just uh, feel it? No, I think what you what you get as coaches is you're like, man, I wish I could have had this one back or that <laughs> one back, and you always are thinking that way. Um, and so, you know, you're just always looking for ways to get better, and and I think that's just that's just what we do as coaches. That's that's who that's who we are, and and so you you know you, you accomplish something and. Um, I think you're thinking about the plays you want back from the last game that made, helped you accomplish it. You're in that moment, uh, and you're just thinking of ways to get better. So, uh, obviously, hey, we're excited, no doubt. Um, but uh, you know, that's just that's kind of the the way it is in the NFL and the and the way I've been around coaching uh, for my for my entire life. Speaking of coaching and this coaching staff, you know, you were able to get contributions from all corners of the roster and. What does that say about your coaching staff? Their ability to continually work with players, improve them, and have them ready whenever their number is called. It doesn't happen with every team. I think it, it speaks a lot about the entire building, right? And so that that's first with Howie and his staff of getting talented players in here to work with. And then it speaks a lot about the coaches that uh, that work that work with the guys and and help develop them, and then it speaks a lot to the player itself, the most to the player itself, of being the talented talented uh, the way they are, and being coachable and being uh, you know ready to step in when their time is called. So it's an organizational you know thing of of what we're impressed by, um, and that's what you love about this game that it takes everybody, uh, it takes everybody in the building um, to. Um, to win games, it takes everyone in the building to go to the playoffs, uh, and that's why this is the greatest team sport. It extends off the field, and what a great organization we have to work in uh, and and excel in, because um, this this is this is a f- fantastic organization. If this is not a redundant question, please, um, what makes you proud of the football team in twenty twenty one? Again, I, I just love the the toughness, the um, grittiness, the grimy, the you know the the physical like that that's uh, that's who we are we 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 know who we are as a football team we play to our strengths and we and we got great leaders on this football team um you're going to win a lot of games when you have when you have toughness on your football team and we got a lot of that and then when you have good leaders the sky's the limit and so we just have great leaders on this football team can't speak enough about the leaders that we have, and I, and I always am going to talk about the captains first. You know, Jason Kelsey, and and Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham, and excuse me, and Jalen Hurts, and Alex Singleton. Um, you know, and and Rodney McLeod, and then you and then you talk about Lane Johnson and Darius Slay, and then you and then you go reach in and and you're like, well, you know, who else is a great leader? Boston Scott. Um, and, and Greg Ward, that they are able to 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 step in when their number is called. I can't say enough about Greg Ward and Boston Scott that they've 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 had bigger roles in the past, and 
you know, they step, they, they accept their role of what they're in. They work to get better every single day. And when their number's called, they make plays. That's what, that's what good teams do. Um, they have leadership at all levels and at all, in all positions to do that. And I can't say enough about Greg Ward and, uh, and Boston. It's, I, I, it makes me so happy when they, when they make play, when they're, you know, their, their percentage of making plays when called upon is very high. And uh, I can't say enough about that. And so um, I, that's where I'm so pleased with the team is just how many leaders and how many, uh, how many good, good guys we have on this football team that have put us in the position that we're in right now. Nick, when you hired your coaching staff, you were asked many times, why not a veteran presence, veteran, somebody to kind of guide you along? You didn't do that. You, you stayed with the coaching staff. How have you just been able to, as the head coach, navigate through a season that has been anything but a straight line? I think just the the preparation that the coach. I've been I've been really fortunate that that the coaches I've been around have put their arm around me and, and guided me uh, uh, and and talked me through why they were doing things. Right, you know, going back to my last job with Frank uh, Reich, he, you know. And not only would he show lead by example with me when he found that when he when he saw the time to explain a scenario to me, he would. Uh, and that and that how unbelievable is that? I, you know, and then the other coaches I've been around. I mean, I grew up in a coaching household. Um, so so many uh, lessons from my dad and my brothers um, and then my college football coach, Larry Karras. And so I've just been so fortunate to be around a lot of good coaches that, you know, have prepped me for this moment. Um, and those coaches, those same coaches, my dad has to accept my phone calls. So he still, you know, I, but I call, I text coach Karras last week, uh, for, you know, for a, you know, some, some, uh, advice about a certain situation. I text Frank yesterday. And so, um, and, and talked to him yesterday. So again, these guys didn't turn their phones off when I don't work for them anymore or play for them anymore. Um, you know, and so I'm able to, you know, have that open communication when, when I need, um, and, and there's other coaches I'm not even mentioning right now. I'm just mentioning those those three guys right now. Um, but there's other coaches that that have been there for me throughout this year when when I when I need to ask them a question throughout the league. And finally, Nick Rodney McLeod, I find it very appropriate that he made the big play against Washington. I mean, here's a guy who's had success in the league and coming back from a devastating knee injury and missed the first three games and admittedly worked his way back into becoming a productive safety in his mind. And to me, is that kind of the epitome of what your program has been all about? You, you really rely on the veterans and you want everybody to get 1% better and work really hard and be a team player. Sure, Rodney's just a great leader. He, you know, he made a game-changing play. I know it wasn't the last play last week, but he made a game-changing play last week in the game, right? Two of them, right? He, he had the interception and, and then he caused an interception for a touchdown that sealed it. Um, and then, you know, he ends the, you know, he ends the game this, this week with an unbelievable catch um, that we'll be showing in the wideout meetings, right? Mm -hmm. how, how good of a catch that was. Um, and so that's what you want out of your veteran leaders. You know, Roddy's been a part of a lot of winning teams, uh, you know, and, and it's just great to have a guy like Rodney on this, this football team to lead this football team. You know, he's, you know, he, he does it with his play. He does it with his, um, the way he goes about his business by example, and then he does it vocally as well. And, and that's what good leaders do. And, uh, you know, obviously he was in a, near his home, near his home yesterday, uh, to, to make that, uh, a big play at home. I know how much that, 
that can mean to guys as well to to seal a game like that near your hometown. I think that's pretty special as well. Great stuff. Head coach Nick Sirianni, thanks so much for your time and good luck on Saturday night primetime against the Dallas Cowboys. Thanks, Dave. And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Peter Kelly, Julie McLaughlin, Ray Doyle for their work on this podcast. Thanks to all of you for joining each and every week. And of course, thanks to the coaching staff for giving us the time to talk to me, to talk to you. If you have a moment to give us a review, we love those five stars. They really do mean a lot. They go over very well in the organization. And shouldn't everybody be in a great mood about the Eagles? Right? Go into the playoffs. We'll see what happens there. Three first-round draft picks next year. A chance to continue to add young talent to this core. The present is exciting. The future is very bright. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining on this Eagles Insider podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. We'll be back with more later in the week as we kind of take a look at what this game is all about and what the state of the Eagles are all about heading into the regular season finale against the Dallas Cowboys on Saturday night. It's the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, and I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go Birds! Go Birds!